Um, well, y'all, I'm super, super excited about diving back into what we've been looking at. How many of you would be honest and say God's been stretching you over the last month? Nice. I like that. How many of you have asked God during the first of this year to begin to stretch you? Super, super cool. Um, listen, before I dive in, I want to say if you are a guest with us today that um, I personally want to welcome you to the Clawson family. Uh, it's an honor for you to be here with our family today. Um, and my goal, our prayer for you as a guest is that number one, you would experience the presence of God. Number two, um, that you would hear a word from God. And number three, that you would have a blast. How many of you know at Clawson we like to have fun? And so our goal is for you to have a blast as you come and experience church today. We all, I'm going to do a quick recap, and then we're going to dive into what we're going to be looking at today. So the recap, we're in this collection of messages, and the collection is called what? Nice. Let's get selfish. And I know that sounds kind of funny, kind of weird, but here's the concept behind it. We are spending January and February of 2024 getting selfish about our health. In other words, we're focusing on our health. We're focusing on, instead of focusing on everyone else and what I can do for everyone else, I got to make sure that I'm coming from a healthy place to be able to help everyone else. Somebody say amen. And so we're focusing on our spiritual health, our emotional health, our mental health, our physical health, and our financial health. Um, over the last four weeks, for the first three weeks, I talked about our spiritual health. And how many of you would say that God has been growing you spiritually? Nice. Last week, we talked about our emotional health, and it really had to do with how we think and how we can shift our thinking. How many of you would agree that last week was a little bit of a challenging message to hear, and, and, and uh, God's been stretching you thinking? Awesome. Okay, so today, everybody say today. today. If you're taking notes, the title to what I want to talk about today is mental health. Now, I mentioned last week that emotional health and mental health really overlap each other, but they're not exactly the same thing. Emotional health is all about how you think, how I think about myself, how I think about the world around me, and how in order for me to be emotionally healthy, I have to shift my thinking sometimes about myself and sometimes about the world around me. Somebody say amen. Mental health has some to do with our thinking, but it's also much more than that. So the definition of mental health is a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being. Well, we've already talked about the emotional. We dug into the emotional well-being last week. So this week, we're going to dive into the psychological well-being. And so psychological is affecting or arising in the mind related to the mental and emotional state of a person. So based on those definitions, mental health has everything to do with the state of your mind. Everybody say, my mind. Everybody say scary. My mind sometimes is a scary place. You ever imagine being in somebody else's mind? It could be a scary place, huh? Listen, in case you've been out of the loop for about the last 20 years, I just want to inform you that we are right now in a big mental health crisis. Amen? What does that mean? What does that look like? What do you mean a crisis, Pastor? I mean, the number of people dealing with some type of mental health condition or some type of mental health disorder has skyrocketed in the last 22 years by 400%. Everybody say, that's a lot. So here is, uh, if you've been asleep or not around for the last 20 years, let me give you some stats to show you what I mean when I say we're in a crisis. Um, anxiety disorders such as generalized anxiety or ob ob obsessive compulsive disorder or panic disorder, listen, affect 42.5 million adults in the United States. 
Listen to this. 21 million U.S. adults are living with depression. 3.7 million children ages 12 to 17 are experiencing major depression. 2.5 million people ages 12 to 17 experience severe depression. 12 million adults in the United States are dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder. 3.3 million U.S. adults are dealing with some type of bipolar uh, disorder. 1.5 million U.S. adults are diagnosed with schizophrenia. Listen to this. 337 million prescriptions a year are going out for antidepressants and billions and billions of dollars are spent on mental health. You know what that means? Here's what it means. Write this down in your notes. We have a problem. We have a problem with mental health in our society. And it's one of those problems that you can't just sweep under the rug. It's one of those problems that we have to address if we're going to get to a place of health. Hey, here's something that I want you to know. God wants his people to have, to be mentally healthy. God wants his people to be mentally healthy. Now, before I dive in, I just want to stop and say a few things. First of all, I want you to know that this is not one of those messages that I'm super comfortable preaching. You know why? Because it's not, it's, it's, this is a message. I've never heard a message on mental health. Never heard a sermon on it my whole life. I, I tried to do some digging. I, um, um, uh, I felt like the Lord said, Josh, I want you to tackle these five things. And I want my people to be healthy in these five ways. And I'm looking at this going, I don't know anything about mental health. And so I, I'm very uncomfortable preaching this, but I believe that, and, but I will give you my best. I promise that. And I did spend the last couple of weeks. I do want to thank Dr. Jean Stanley as she has spent a couple of hours the last couple of weeks trying to help me to understand emotional and mental health so I can bring you the best that I can bring you to the best of my ability. And my hope and prayer is that I don't mess us up even more than we're already messed up. <laughs> so why don't we pray that together? Would you join me, Heavenly Father? Lord, I, I know... I know that today you want to set people free. I believe that with everything in me. God, and I pray as we dive into and dig into mental health, Lord, that you would, you would have a word for every single person in the room today. I pray that you would free people. I pray that you would bring out inside of us disorders that we have, mindsets that we have, thinking that we have, God, that we can give to you. Show us and lead us and guide us today. Today, God, we are not looking at a message that one size fits all. Everything is not gonna be the same for every person. And so I pray that you would lead and you would guide every single person today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, so as we are diving into mental health, I, I, have broken, um, I have broken mental health into four different categories. I'm probably not gonna be able to cover everything because if I was gonna do that, it would take me a long time and I would have to go to school. Uh, so I'm not gonna be able to cover everything, but I'm gonna cover everything that I can understand about our mental health. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna divide it into four categories. So if you're taking notes, let me go ahead and give you category number one is a mental disorder that we are born with. Or you could write down an organic Disorder. Everybody say organic. A mental disorder that you are born with. Anybody know somebody that was born with some kind of mental disorder? Okay. Um, also, y'all, I just want to say that I have really battled 
with my terminology for this message because I didn't want to be offensive to anyone. So first I wrote mental illnesses and then I wrote disorders and then I wrote conditions and I just battled back and forth. So if I say something that offends you because maybe someone in your family is, um, um, has some type of mental thing, which that should be all of our families probably, then I just want to go ahead and apologize in advance. Um, this is something that I'm still trying to learn in. So whether I'm using the term illness or disorder or condition, I'm, I'm meaning a, a mental health condition that we're, that, that we are going through. So, um, y'all going to have some grace with me today. Amen. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, so one of the, the things that we see is people are born with different types of mental disorders. Let me give you a couple of examples of what I mean here. Uh, I have a cousin that she is two years older than I am. So she's probably 39, 38, 39, 40, something like that. But she has the mind of someone that's really in between probably a 12 and 15 year old. Anybody know somebody like that? Uh, she is sweet. She's wonderful. She's awesome. I actually went and seen her first time I've seen her in years and years last year. And uh, she, I mean, she makes dolls. She's super fun. She's, uh, but, um, but she's, she's, her mind thinks differently than our, than other people's minds do. Okay. That is a disorder that we're born with. My daughter, everybody say Emmy. My daughter uh, is the sweetest, most incredible little girl that you will ever find. She's also nuts. And I don't mean that like mentally, I mean like she's crazy. Um, sometimes that's a good crazy, sometimes that's a bad crazy, but she's crazy. And so here's, here's what I want you to understand. So with my daughter, this, this issue has been super challenging in my home, okay? So with my daughter, we found out when she started going to school that she has a super hard time um, staying focused, okay? Super hard time staying focused. And so as she's in kindergarten and first grade, we're just like trying to deal with it. Uh, when she gets into second grade, I mean, I beat her, not beat her, but I mean, kind of like, you know, uh, I spanked her several times. It's like, you know, when I was a kid, what they did was if you didn't focus in class, you got, you got your butt tore up until you started learning how to focus. You know what I mean? Okay. And so that's what I tried to do with Emmy. Like, I'm going to tear your butt up until you can learn how to focus in class. And it wasn't working. So we tried all kinds of different things, taking her toys away. And she just, at the end of the day, cried all through second grade. Oh, it was so tough, y'all. Cried all through second grade. Here's Emmy's life, okay, in a nutshell. She goes wild and nuts and wild and nuts. And then she stops for five seconds and she goes to sleep. And so it's really, really hard for her to sit at a desk. I mean, it's super complicated. And so she likes to go wild and nuts and then fall asleep. And so, um, so our, her second grade teacher said, hey, I really feel like that she needs to do second grade again. Uh, she's barely passing. She's way behind, you know, all these things. And I said, no, my daughter's not doing second grade again. And me and my wife, I mean, we fought for probably 18 months with what to do. And uh, I did not want to do medication because I'm super anti-medication. Christy wanted to get her tested and try medication. So I said, okay, well, let's see what we're dealing with. Let's just get her tested. And so Christy went and got her tested and super enough, we find out she's got like a lot of ADHD. Uh, and so they're recommending different medications and we're like, we don't want to take the medications. Well, I'm like, we don't want to take the medications. So at the going into about the second month of, um, of our third grade year, She's doing bad. Teachers are frustrated. Mom's frustrated. Dad's frustrated. Y'all, we have anointed her. We have prayed for her. <laughs> We've done all the things that spiritual people do. And, um, and so finally I said, well, babe, can we, I don't want her to take Ritalin. 
I, you know, there's, and so can, can we find something maybe that can ha- to attempt to help her? And so we, we landed on this medication. She starts taking this medication and about three months into taking this medication, I'll never forget. This was just not the other day. She runs up to me almost with tears in her eyes and she's so excited. She said, have you talked to my teachers? And I said, uh, no, baby, I don't think that I've talked to your teachers. Well, you should talk to my teachers because I scored a 237 in this last year and I'm at a 567 and I'm doing so good and I'm able to stay focused. And she said, thank you, dad. Thank you. And I'm going to be honest with you. That was hard for me. I'm like, if there's reasons that I'm anti-medication, I'm anti-medication because Josh Paul was a pill head for a long time. And the last thing that I want is for my kids to deal with uh, some type of addictive thing that they're going to have with, 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 with pills. I also don't want her to feel like that she has to be dependent on some kind of pill for the rest of her life. And so there's reasons that I am. And I, you know, you see side effects from all kinds of different medications. I'm not saying to you, you need to go jump on medication. I'm saying this is a struggle that we don't hear talked about in church almost at all. Amen. And it's a struggle that we deal with. I see. And so I'm letting you know right now that I don't have all the answers. Okay. I'm going to give you biblically what I can give you. I'm going to give you what I learned the last couple of weeks as I was meeting with Dr. Gene. And then I'm asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us because I believe that probably everyone in this room, if we were to look inside of ourselves and be honest, we could get more mentally healthy. And it's going to be up to you if you allow yourself to get more mentally healthy or not. So the first category is mental health that we're born with. The second category that I want to share is um, psychological impact of trauma. Everybody say trauma. Has anyone ever went through something in your life that was traumatic to you? It's probably 99 to 100% of people in the room. Um, yeah, I was just thinking this week, I don't know very many people that haven't went through some type of trauma. Um, I've got a cousin that um, he went through a traumatic event of overdosing on drugs and that traumatic event has shifted a lot of his mind. Um, uh, I've got a buddy who went to war and when he came back from war and the things that he saw at war, the people that he wound up shooting, the, the friends that he lost, lost almost everyone in his unit, it shifted his mind. His mind's different. The traumatic event, there's people in here that you have went through. Maybe you haven't went through war. Maybe you haven't OD'd on drugs, but you've went through a divorce and that divorce has shifted your thinking. It stopped you from, it's not, it's caused you to be a different person than the person that you were before. Or maybe it wasn't divorce. Maybe you've lost uh, uh, someone that was close to you or, or maybe you've had some type of traumatic event, a loss of a job. When people experience trauma, There are symptoms of trauma like PTSD that often occurs with depression. Now stay with me here. PTSD is an anxiety-based disorder. Here's what it is. It's fear that something that has happened in the past is going to happen again in the present or in the future. How many of you know that God has not called us to live by the spirit of fear? Okay, so is anxiety or PTSD a part of what God's will is for our life? Okay, can we receive healing from that? Wonderful. Okay, we're on the same page. But I want you to understand this. I want you to understand trauma, okay? Anytime that a traumatic event occurs, it usually decides to take up residence in our lives. And the truth is, is that there are tons and tons of people who look like they are functioning just fine, but they're dealing with all these unhealthy thoughts and unhealthy emotions due to trauma that's taken place in their lives. 
And in this church, I don't want to downplay this. The answer is not for you to just get your crap together and stop being a sissy. Or if you had better faith that you wouldn't be dealing with that. No, 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 no. These are super, super serious issues. This number, 22 veterans a day commit suicide. That is a number that shows us that we're dealing with super, super big issues. And these issues have to be approached sensitively. They have to be approached seriously. And they have to be approached as biblically as we can approach them. So we have mental conditions that we're born, conditions that we're born with. We have psychological impact of trauma. Number three, we have a condition related to how we think. Y'all, I just recently this week learned that there's different types of depression. How many of y'all knew that there was different types of depression? How many of y'all did not know that there was different types of depression? Okay, blew my mind. There's severe depression. There's, uh, what was the other one? There's situational depression. Uh, so situational depression is neither organic we weren't born with it, and it wasn't necessarily due to a specific event that took place in our life. Stay with me. Super uh, situational depression is when you are triggered into a depressive state based on a situation that takes place that makes you go back into, in, in your mind to times in your life. If you grew up in poverty, if you grew up homeless, if you grew up with a super unhealthy family life, then what can happen is something can happen to you today. Everybody say today. A situation can arise today that makes you go back in time to almost begin to relive the things that you went through as a kid or, or something like that. And it automatically, boom, based off of that situation causes depression in your life. It triggers your thinking to go, go back to those depressive times. So a condition re related to how we think. And then the last one, everybody say number four is a mental or emotional condition due to a spiritual attack. Now, in Mark chapter 9, we see this father who brings his son to Jesus. Son's got a mental condition due to a spiritual attack. I want to read it to you. Mark chapter 9, verses 17 and 18. And here's what it says. It says, One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son to you so you could heal him. He, he is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And when this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. He foams at the mouth. He grinds at his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. This young boy's condition, it wasn't a condition that he was born with. It wasn't a condition due to traumatic events that took place in his past. He wasn't depressed. The kid literally had a demon that was possessing him, and it was 100% a spiritual attack. Listen, these types of attacks still happen to us today. Anybody ever just live in the dream, and then all of a sudden, boom, for whatever reason, you're just depressed? For whatever reason, you're anxious? For whatever reason, you're worried? Spiritual attacks that happen today. Now, I want to stop here and I want to say something that I think is super important for us to understand, especially for people in the room that are super, super spiritual, okay? Every mental condition, there are people that think that every mental condition, every form of sickness has something to do with a demonic attack or some type of sin in your life. And I'm sorry, but according to scripture and what I see in the world, I don't believe that. Some sickness has to do with the fact that we live in a fallen world. Okay, some sickness has to do with the fact that all I'm eating in my life is junk. 
And if all I eat is McDonald's and Whataburger and fried chicken and something that I can throw in the oven and I'm not eating healthy things, then why would I expect to be a healthy person? That's not a demonic attack. That's either a lack of self-control or preference that you have that is causing you to be sick. Amen? Some sickness is due to the fact that you're so freaked out about being sick and you cleaned yourself so much that you're getting everything that God put on your body to keep you uh, with a good immune system off and then you don't have an immune system anymore. You ever notice that the people that clean their hands and wash and are freaked out about sickness, the most, those are the most sick people? God actually put stuff in our body and on our body to give us an immune system and if you get all that stuff off of your body, then you get sick. And then some sickness is due to demonic attacks. Amen? Amen? You guys are super, super quiet. Uh, so I believe this is the exact same with mental illness, y'all. Mental conditions. Some mental conditions are demonic. Some of them are mindsets that we can and should switch. And in order to have to be free from the, the condition that we have, we just have to switch the mindsets. Some of them are um, birth conditions that we were, we were birthed with that we need healing from. Some of them could help. We could get wise counsel, counsel and it could help us get rid of them. Not every condition in the room is a one size fits all condition. My mental condition could be that I'm out of touch with the reality. It could be that I have intellectual delays. It could be developmental delays, a neurological type of condition, an organic condition, a cognitive condition with how I think. The truth is, is that we do have a mental crisis. And I believe that we should talk about it. Amen? Amen. But it's super hard to navigate through because we have questions like, Pastor, uh, can I allow doctors to help? And should I trust the doctors? Should I take medication or not take the medication? Should I go to counseling or are they going to give me bad advice? Should I just pray for healing and, and continue to pray for healing until I see something done? And if it never happens, then it never happens. Like, how do I navigate the different types of mental conditions or disorders in my life? Anyone be honest and say that you have been challenged with that. I know that I have. So here's what we're going to do. We're gonna to try to work together today with some solutions to help us with what to do to be more mentally healthy. Now, I know I talked about your thoughts last week. When I talked about emotional health, but just for a minute, I wanna focus on our minds and our thoughts. <clears throat> As I was talking with Dr. Stanley this week, there were some things that she said that I think that we need to hear, even though I already talked about thoughts <clears throat> last week. Okay. Mental health has everything to do with the condition of our minds, okay? Um, several of the different conditions, disorders, whatever, illnesses, whatever word you want to use, could be fixed just by a shift of your mindset. Let me give you some quotes that I thought was super good. Thomas Jefferson said this, nothing can stop the man with the right mental attitude from achieving his goal, and nothing on earth can help the man with the wrong mental attitude. Jeez. What can help you? You can help you. And if you are not interested in helping you, nothing can help you. Isn't that good? Craig Rochelle says this all the time. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And here's what I want you to understand. You cannot control the situations that are going to happen in your life. You cannot control what's going to go on in the world around you. But you can control how you frame it. 
You can control how you think about it. Let me give you some scripture in the Bible. I want to show you a story in the Bible where I can prove that this is totally true. Here's the thing that you need to know. Every one of us in this room can be in the exact same situation in the exact same world and see and recognize everything differently. Why? Because we have different minds. Okay, so in the Bible, in Numbers chapter 13, I believe we'll get to that in just a second, but here's what's happening. God tells the people of Israel, everybody say Israel. God tells the people of Israel, I want you to go into the promised land. I want you to take the promised land. I want you to go in and I'm going to go with you. And I think he even says before you, and I will wipe out your enemies. I'll be an enemy to your enemy and I'll do these things. So he tells the people, I want you to go into the promised land. So the people gather together, they're right outside the promised land. And they say, let's send 12 guys into the promised land. And they're going to come back and they're going to tell us what they see in the promised land. Now, what has God told them to do? He's told them to go. Why do we even need to send spies? It's a great question. But they send 12 spies into the promised land. So 12 spies go into the promised land and two of the spies come back with, uh, with one report and 10 of the spies come back with a completely different report. Here's what happened. The two people, they framed what was taking place in the promised land one way and the 10 people framed it a completely different way. So let me show it to you. In Numbers chapter 13, <coughs> I'm gonna read verses 30 through 32. Caleb and Joshua, here's what they said. They said, let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who explored the land with them disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report among the land, uh, about the land among the Israelites. The land that we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who comes to live there. 12 spies. Everybody say 12. 12. Okay. Two of them, this is how they frame the situation. Here's the situation that we're in. God told us to go into the land and we serve a big God. And those dudes may be bigger than we are, but he is so much bigger than they are. And if God has promised us that he's going in before us, then we have no problem going in and conquering the land. And they come back and said, let's do it. Because that was the frame of their mind. But the 10 men, here's how they framed it. They didn't even think about God. They framed it this way. Those guys are so much bigger than we are. And if we go up against those guys, and they're right. If they would have went up against those guys, they'd have been killed. They'd have been done with. Been, they said, anyone that goes into that land, it will devour them. But you see, they didn't frame their mind with God in the work of their mind. Does that make sense? And so because they framed it this way that they were gonna die, they were disobedient to God. You know, sometimes we frame things in a way that God's telling us to do something, but we frame the situation in a way where we are disobedient to God. And here's what happens to them. Because they are disobedient to God and the people of Israel decided to go with the people that had the wrong mindset for 40 years. They had to want, they were ready and there to go in. But for 40 years, they had to wander in the wilderness until the generation of those 10 men died off because they were not allowed to go into the land. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, my mind is important. Your mindset is important. So now here's where, now here's where we're going to get personal. Everybody say personal. 
what are some wrong mindsets that you have in your life that need to begin to shift? I was thinking of several this week, mindsets that need to shift. There's a, there's a poverty mindset that's really sweeping through Christianity right now that like the Lord wants me to be broke. Like I'm more spiritual, more religious, more righteous if I'm broke and I just give everything away. Can I be honest? Poverty is not a good mindset. It's not. God wants to bless you. He wants you to live in your blessings, but he doesn't want you to be defined by your blessing. He wants you to use your blessing to help people. But he doesn't want you to be broke. He wants to bless you and you can enjoy some of that blessing and you can give some of that blessing. Amen? Now, he didn't give you that blessing just for you. He gave you that blessing so that you could be a good steward and so that you could bless people. But the poverty mindset that says I'm more righteous and I'm more religious and if I can just look like I, you know, that, that, that needs to switch. That's a mindset that needs to go. Everybody say amen. amen. How about this one, y'all? This is one that the Lord revealed to me this week. I, I have an addictive personality. I say that all the time. I have an addictive. Here's, here's what that has been in my life. It's been a crutch. It's been an excuse for me to just get addicted to everything. I mean, it has been true. You know why it's been true? Because I've spoken over my life for as long as I can remember. I went and got my first tattoo. And for the next six weeks, I dreamed about tattoos. And I thought, well, I'm just now I'm addicted to tattoos. Uh, I, I, I drank my first energy drink. And then I almost died from them a few years back. I jumped out of an airplane for the first time. And then I was catching myself getting up at four in the morning. Because if I can get up at four, I can make it to Houston in time. That I can get back and work on time. Like, I've always said, well, you just got an addictive personality. You just got to live with it. That is a mindset, y'all. It's a mindset that I have accepted. It's a mindset that I have used as a crutch and it's a mindset that needs to go. I don't have to just be addicted to things. I can break that off of my life. And you guys are quiet. How about this, a comparison mindset? You should compare everything. You compare your life to their life, their life to their life, and then da 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 It's just comparing my car to their car and my dress to her dress. Comparison mindset. That's a terrible mindset to have. What about an unteachable mindset? An isolation mindset. A legalistic and religious mindset. A negative mindset. Listen, I want to talk to some people. If you are negative, it's your fault. Stop blaming the world around you. Stop blaming the situations that you have went through. You are deciding inside of your mind that you want to be negative, so you're negative. And if you want to stop being negative, we can switch our mindset. Paul said, I have learned to be content in all things. It doesn't matter if I am hungry. It doesn't matter if I've got a full stomach. It doesn't matter if I am broke. It doesn't matter if I am rich. I don't have to be negative. And neither do you. So... What are mindsets for you? I could go all day on mindsets, just naming them out in myself and in some people in the room, probably. What are mindsets that the Holy Spirit is saying? For me, it was this addictive thing. Stop saying that, Josh. You spoke that, you've created that in your own life, in your mind, you've used that as a crutch. Stop, or you're gonna be addicted to everything. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? You gotta stop doing that. That's just who I am. No, it's not. It's who you are because you choose to be that. Choose to be something else. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's keep going. 
What mindsets in your life do you need to allow God to shift in you and change the way that you think? Now, this is the question that I really want to try to answer today. And it's hard because mental health is not a one size fits all. Um, And this is what I'm asking. Holy Spirit, you give each person what we need to hear. What steps can I place in my life right now to become more mentally healthy? I have a few that I would like to share with you. Number one, and this goes back again to what I'm talking about, shift your thinking in your mindsets. Everybody say number one. Shift your thinking in your mindsets. You cannot have a positive life with a negative mind. It's not possible. Here's a question though. This is what Dr. Jean and I talked about. Um, Am I willing to take an honest look inside of myself to see what's going on in my mind that's unhealthy? (laughs) am I willing to change? Am I willing to shift the mindset that I have from I got this to I could use help? Because if you're not willing to make that mind shift, you're not gonna make any other mind shifts. I thought this was so good, y'all. You can't change what you won't acknowledge. And you won't acknowledge what you cannot see, and you cannot see what you refuse to look at. Think about that. You can't change what you won't acknowledge. You won't acknowledge what you cannot see, and you cannot see what you refuse to look at. There are things that we have looked at in our lives that we refuse to look at as a thing that I need to change. And I believe the Holy Spirit saying, you could change that, but you won't look at it. You won't, even, you won't even let me look at it. You got it so locked away in a closet that I've been trying to deal with that for years and you just keep telling me, no, no, we're not going there. Romans chapter 12. Oh, I like this. If you can't consider part of the reason that your life is the way that it is is because of the way that you think, then you'll never be able to get help. Romans chapter 12 and verse two says this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. This is what I talked about last week. I'm gonna give you the three things from last week. Feed your mind the right things. You wanna shift your thinking and your changing? Feed your mind the right things. Capture the wrong things and get them out of your mind and think on the right things. If you wanna switch your mind shifts, your mindsets, it's as easy as that. If you feed your mind trash, you're gonna produce trash. So you feed your mind the right things, and then you capture the wrong things, and then you think on the right things. If you can do that, then you can have a healthy mind. Okay. One of the things that I think that would be super good for everyone in the room, I, 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 do, I read this. It stays in my Bible. I have prayer meeting in the mornings. I read this at least two to three times a week. Okay. This is called my daily declaration. Everybody say daily declaration. If you don't speak things over yourself that are positive, good, and healthy, you should start. Okay, let me read you what I speak over myself at least three to four times a week. Uh, sometimes two to three, I don't want to lie to you. Uh, it depends, if I'm having a really good week, I feel like I don't, I don't need to speak it as much. If I'm having a bad week, it might be seven times a week. If I get up in a bad mood, you know, those kind of things, like I, I need to speak some good things over myself. And so I wanna give you this and I want you to think about writing a declaration for yourself because this will help you shift your thinking. Listen, here's what I say every morning. Jesus Christ 
is all that matters in my life. I exist to serve, worship, and glorify him. I love my wife and will lay down my life to serve her. I am a great father to my kids. My kids will know God, they will love God, and they will serve God with their whole hearts. I will nurture and equip and train and empower them to do more for the kingdom than what their dad has done. I love people. Sometimes you got to say that a lot of times. I love people. I love people. I love people. And I believe best about the, I believe the best about others because of Jesus Christ. My life has purpose. My family is closer. My body is stronger. My faith is deeper. My leadership is sharper. I am creative. I am driven. I am focused. I am blessed beyond measure because the same spirit that was raised Jesus Christ is living in me. I serve others and I develop leaders. That's not just something that I do. That's a part of who I am. I bring my best and then some. The world will be different because just Pogue live life today and I will turn the world upside down. I got chills every single time I say that to myself. I get chills because I start to believe it. And I'm scared of maybe what some people say to themselves when they get up in the morning. Because if you get up and you say all this negative crap to yourself, you probably begin to believe it. And if you want to have a good and healthy mindset and a good mentality, you're going to have to start speaking the right things. So I want to encourage you to do that this week. Spend some time. We'll put that in our devotion too for the week, but spend some time where you actually think it was in the devotion last week also, where you create a daily declaration of things that you want to speak over. You're prophetically speaking. I wrote that when I felt like I was a terrible father. What are the things that I need to speak into my life? I want to be a good dad. And so I'm speaking that into my life. And I feel like that speaking that into my life and making that shift has shifted me into being a better dad. And so take the things that you want to be, put them into your declaration, speak those things over your life. Number two, everybody say number two, get the right counseling. Notice I didn't just say get counseling. <laughs> I said, get the right counseling. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14, it says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. And I think there's this, I don't know if stigmatism is the right word. There's this stigma that like, if you get counseling, oh, you need to see a therapist, do you? <laughs> okay, well, he's crazy. <laughs> I think there's this stigma. Uh, you know what that verse said? For people that don't get counsel, they will fall. Maybe you should get some counseling. <laughs> Uh, what are you saying? I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit funny, but also be super serious. Um, I think there's this super bad stigma around getting counseling. counseling. The right counseling is so good for you. The right counseling. Sometimes that counseling is inside the church. Some of that counsel, sometimes that counseling is by a professional. I mean, it depends on what you're dealing with. It depends on where you're at in your mind. But, but we have to break this, this thought that counseling is for weird people because it's not. Counseling is for all people. The Bible says where you're not getting counsel, you're gonna fall. And then it says in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Everyone needs a safe place to be open and honest, express your feelings, allow, to, allow someone to help you to see maybe what you can't see or change the things that you won't change. 
According to the American Psychological Association, the best outcome for people experiencing severe depression is, listen to this, is a combination of counseling coupled with medication. Counseling coupled with medication. Now, before I dive into medication, medication needs to be monitored by a doctor, doctor and given by a doctor. Medication is a chemical intervention. It's an intervention that when you can't make internal shifts that you need to make, they give you a medication that helps you with an external shift. Intervention, external intervention. So here's the goal, and I think this is so good, and this is why they say combination of counseling with medication is the, is the most effective thing. Um, a chemical intervention, everybody say medication, medication. is external. Uh, in other words, you're not actually changing who you are. You're taking something because you don't like who you are and you wanna shift that but you're not changing who you are. And so it helps with the imbalance. But the goal is not for you to stay on medication. The goal is for you to have internal shifts. Does that make sense? So you have an external thing that you are taking because you're having a hard time to make an internal shift, internal intervention. But if you can make the internal intervention, then you no longer need the medication. So the counseling is so that you can get your mind right. The counseling is so that you can shift your thinking and get your mind in a good place so that you no longer need the external intervention. And the goal is that no one continues to stay on medication. Also, the goal is that no one has to continue to go to professional counseling. I don't know about you, but I could not afford to go to professional counseling for my whole life. And it's not healthy that I have to have someone tell me all the things. The goal is that I can learn the person that I am, the mind that I have, and I can begin to be equipped, equipped to internally intervene and get to a, a healthy place. That is always the goal, but you typically learn that by getting the right counseling. And, and I wanna say too, y'all, if you feel like you or your child or someone needs to get tested, the Burke Center is a, a place where uh, you can go for free testing. They have psychological screening, medication management. Uh, uh, I don't know uh, about their, their counseling and therapists and those kind of things. If, if I was going to recommend that, I would say it would need to be a faith-based person that is, so that they're not giving you worldly counsel, worldly advice. Uh, but to be tested and to begin to know and learn, uh, have some information about yourself or your children, the Burke Center is a great place to start. Um, the, so number one was to shift your thinking and your mindsets. Number two, get the right kind of counseling. Number three, get physically healthy. You know, I did a lot of reading this week and I was mind blown that how much your physical body affects the rest of your body. Um, so let me just read, uh, your, your physical health, emotional health and mental health all run together. So if you work, if you want to work on your mental and emotional health, you can work on your physical health and it will begin to work on your emotional and your physical health. I mean, in your, in your mental health, um, eating well, doing exercises, stretching for muscle relaxation, slow breathing exercise enhances brain chemistry that makes you feel better. Listen to this. This is so much power. Okay. People that are dealing with depression, Instead of taking medication, because what happens when you take medication is it's messing with your brain chemistry to make you feel better. Working out 
does exactly the same thing. It messes with your brain chemistry to make you feel better, except now you don't have to take medication and you're more physically healthy. So hey, if you're feeling bad, down, depressed, maybe a great thing for you to try is instead of pumping yourself full of meds to try to get your, your, your brain where your brain needs to be, you can get yourself physically and emotionally and mentally healthy at the same time. That is insane. I had no idea until this week. It made me want to exercise more. I mean, I haven't started yet, but we're getting there. And then number four in your notes is pray and believe God for healing of the mind. Pray and believe God for healing of the mind. There's some scenarios and situations where you can't shift your thinking. There's some scenarios and situations where counseling is not going to help. Physical health is not going to help. And you have to turn and God is the only, healing of the mind is the only thing that can shift that. Now, does anyone in this church family believe that we serve a God that heals? Yes. Amen. James chapter five, verses 14 through 16 says this. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. In verse 16, it says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful Results. I believe today that through prayer and going to God and believing for healing, that he's gonna break some things off of our life. Anybody need something broken off? A mindset shifted in your life? Hey, would you do this? Would you stand with me this morning? <clears throat> and... Um, as we're standing, I want to invite our worship team to come and get ready to lead us in a worship song. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Let me kind of recap real quickly. How can I get more mentally healthy? First of all, we're going to have to be honest with ourselves and begin to allow God to help us to shift our mindsets. Look inside and acknowledge the areas that the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us that we need to shift. Secondly, we need to understand that counseling is a great thing. Up here at the altar, they can give you counseling. God can give you counseling. The Holy Spirit can give you counseling. We can work on our physical health, which we're, we're gonna discuss next week. And we can pray and believe God for healing of our mind. Altar team, would you step out and come? Get ready to pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If during this service at any point, you have felt the Lord grabbing a hold of your heart and drawing you to him. Or maybe you're here and you just need prayer. Maybe God's revealed an area to you that you have to shift like he has to me this week and you're gonna pray and believe for healing over that in your mind. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, we have a trained team that would love to pray for you. Here's what I wanna invite you. Here's how I wanna invite you to respond. If you need to get things right with God and you're here today, if you need prayer over your mental health, if you need healing, or if you need prayer for something else, as they begin to lead us in this worship song, I wanna invite you to step out and come right now. Come on, come right now. And for everyone else, can we just love on the Lord and worship him during this song in this time of praise? Come on, you want prayer? Step out and come right now. Ooh.